0: In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, one more time, just one more time, I'm going to circle back and talk about the issue of pride. We're spending an entire month celebrating it, when in fact, we should be confessing it. Pride is not a good thing, folks. Pride is one of the seven deadly sins. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's rebellion. Okay, last week, I spent two or three shows talking about the issue of pride. I shared with you some quotes from C.S. Lewis. I shared with you some passages out of Scripture. I talked with you about the fact that pride has been cited as one of the seven deadly sins For the past 1,400 years, it was actually declared one of those seven deadly sins by Pope Gregory back in 600 AD. But yet, today, we're spending an entire month waving the flag of pride. Now, some of you may say, well, you're not getting the nuance here that you say to your child when he has a good basketball game. I'm proud of you. Or you make sure that your children know that you have appropriate parental pride when they bring a good report card home. That is not what we're talking about when we wave the rainbow banner, the rainbow flag of pride. We're not talking about appropriate pride that a father has in his son or a mother has in her daughter. No, that's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about pride, which... Elevates the self, puffs out the chest, looks down your nose at others for disagreeing and being different, being less than you, less woke than you, less wise than you, having less money, less power, less privilege, etc. than you that's what pride is about and that's what this pride flag is about and that's what this month of celebrating pride is about we can lie about it we can spin it we can manipulate it we can try to make it sound different than it really is we can try to put lipstick on this pig but the bottom line at the end of the day is as we're celebrating pride right now we're celebrating self-righteousness smugness wokeness and our rights and our privileges to rise above any standard other than the one that we declare for ourselves to be the right way to live, because we're proud. We're loud and we're proud. So today I'm going to talk one more time, maybe the last time, at least for a while, about this issue of pride, and I'm going to try to wrap a bow around it by circling back and sharing with you more detail on C.S. Lewis, why he said it, when he said it, how he said it, that pride is the complete anti-God state of mind. The worst of all sins. The worst of all sins is pride, says Lewis. So, more on him, more on the sin of pride, not the virtue of pride, and more from the Bible. Let's take a break, acknowledge our sponsors. When I get back, we'll talk more about the greatest of all sins. And why we should be having a month of humility and confession rather than one of celebrating pride. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is the Rebellion. I will be right back in a couple of minutes. Welcome back to the Rebellion. So I know some of you listening are saying we already dealt with this. I know. I know we dealt with it. I'm not I hope I don't think I've got Alzheimer's. I remember. I remember I covered this last week. But I think it's so important. Then I think the principle of repetition, 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 say it once, say it twice, say it three times, say it again, say it the same way, say it over and over again, so that you understand it yourself as well as those listening to you understand it. So I'm going to employ that principle today, the principle of repetition. Because the secret to to success, excuse me, the secret to success is three things. Repetition, repetition, repetition. So today the issue again is pride. Should we be confessing it or should we be celebrating it? Well, as you know, last week I talked about the fact that on June 1st, 2021, Joe Biden chose to use his bully pulpit to encourage Americans to stand proud in our nation's march for what he called equality. And he said this, pride stands for courage. Pride stands for justice. And most of all, pride stands for love. Happy Pride Month, Joe Biden. That was one of his tweets that he put out at the beginning of this month. Now, just that tweet is so loaded with fabrications, twisted logic, twisted meanings. Pride stands for courage. Pride stands for justice. And most of all, pride stands for love. Happy Pride Month. Well, what's he talking about? Well, we all know what he's talking about. And you know what I'm talking about. He's talking about homosexuality. He's talking about a volitional act. He's talking about what... Gore Vidal defined as a behavioral adjective remember Gore Vidal, a guy who was engaged in homosexual activity himself said there's no more such thing as a homosexual person than there is a heterosexual person these are behavioral adjectives even Gore Vidal understood that you're not defined your being is not defined by this act, this choice, this behavior, this sexual decision. Now, he wasn't talking about your inclinations or your temptations. He wasn't talking about what's going on inside your mind any more than someone is talking about what's going on inside your mind if you're thinking about you want to steal something or if you're thinking about you want to cheat on that test or if you're thinking about You'd like to get your pound of flesh because you're so angry at someone else and you want to get back at them. Those are thoughts that you haven't, hopefully, acted upon yet. You can choose not to act on those thoughts. That's what human beings do because we are moral. We have moral awareness, moral responsibility. We're not animals. We're not the Amago Dog. We are the Amago day. Okay? messages that I've shared with you before. So let's go back to this issue of pride and compare what Joe Biden said in June 1st, on June 1st, 2021, with what C.S. Lewis said in the fall of 1942. Now, that date is important because it provides context. And what is that context? Remember, context is always king. Well, the context here, 1942, obviously, it's World War II. The British people are finding themselves in the middle of air raids, nightly air raids. They have suffered. London has suffered 50-some consecutive nights of bombing from Hitler. Well, the BBC recognizes that the British population is becoming demoralized. They're fearful. They don't know what to do. So they ask C.S. Lewis to come on and give a series of talks grounded in his Christianity, his faith in God. Lewis had recently converted from atheism to Christianity. He was a prominent atheist, an Oxford intellectual, and he had come to faith. And the BBC recognized that the British people might listen to Lewis, so they asked him to come on the show, and it's from those series of shows, those broadcasts, that we get the book, Mere Christianity. Well, there's something else that he talked about on that show. So while he took to the airways to tell his nation to encourage his fellow citizens to stand resolute he said something very different in his speech than what President Joe Biden just tweeted to us. The differences here are stark. Very stark. What C.S. Lewis said and what Joe Biden is saying. It just shines a light on how far we've fallen in Western civilization. Here's Essentially, Lewis, how should I say it? There was an actual existential threat to (laughs) Great Britain folks. They were being bombed nightly by an enemy that wanted to conquer them. Bombs. They had to hunker down in the basements, in the subways, every night. Just for the sake of preserving their lives and that of their children. So in the face of this existential threat, C.S. Lewis didn't speak. He did not speak of contrived notions of social justice or the faulty logic of defining ourselves by our desires. He didn't talk about a person's right to do whatever he wanted. No, that's not what C.S. Lewis said. Instead, he spoke of every man's obligation to do what he must. Lewis didn't flatter his fellow citizens, with messages of moral license. Now, he reminded them, all of them, all of the British folk, of God's moral law. So when Lewis took to his day's version of social media via the BBC, he didn't talk about affirmation and tolerance. No, he didn't use those platitudes. He didn't talk about... Inclusion and love sanctimoniously and self-righteously and wokely. Now, he forthrightly decided to talk to his nation about their greatest sin. And this is while they're suffering bombing. He called it the great sin. Okay, you know where I'm going. What was this sin that Lewis described as worse than any other? That's a quote. The sin that is worse than any other. There is one vice, Lewis said, a sin of which no man in the world is free. And that essential vice, that utmost evil, is pride. Close quote. And then Lewis went on. These are quotes I shared with you last week, but you need to hear them again. In fact, I'll go back and read that last one one more time. There is one vice. A sin of which no man in the world is free. Not you, not me, not anyone, not Joe Biden. Not those waving the banner of love, Trump's hate. Not Democrats, not Republicans. No one is free from the essential vice, the utmost evil. And that is pride. Lewis again. Unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. Now Lewis argued that pride makes you feel better than everyone else. That's one of the reasons it's such a vice. Here's his quote. It is the comparison that makes you proud. The pleasure of being above the rest. Does this sound like the woke religion? You're above everybody else. You're more awake. You're more wise. You're more just. You're more virtuous. You wear, you wear a mask, and you've got a rainbow-colored T-shirt on. Back to Lewis. A proud person is never f- satisfied. Pride makes us always want more, more influence, more control, more power. If I am a proud man, said Lewis, then as long as there is one man in the whole world more powerful or richer or cleverer or more woke, my insertion, he is my rival and he is my enemy. Lewis characterized pride As the chief cause of human misery since the dawn of time, he said that pride not only makes us enemies with each other, but it also makes us enemies with God. Enemies with God. Here's his quote. In God you come against something which in every respect is immeasurably, superior to you to yourself one more time and god you come up against something which in every respect is immeasurably superior to yourself unless you know god as that and therefore know yourself as nothing in comparison you do not know god at all as long as you are proud you cannot know god a proud man is always looking down on things And on people. And of course, as long as you're looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. Close quote. How is it, asked Lewis, that people who are quite obviously eaten up with pride can say they believe in God and appear to themselves very religious. How is that possible? This is something we all need to guard against, myself included. How is it, one more time from Lewis, that people who are quite obviously beaten up with pride can say they believe in God and appear to themselves very religious? I am afraid it means they are worshiping an imaginary God, imagining how he approves of them and thinks them far better than ordinary people. This is Phil Lewis. That is, they pay a penny worth of imaginary humility to that imaginary God, and get out of it a pound's worth, a pound's worth of pride towards their fellow man. Lewis also said this, pride leads to the damnation of being self-righteous. Again, isn't this the religion of wokeness, self-righteousness? I'm woke, I'm more right, I'm more virtuous than those people on the right those conservatives, those traditionalists, those people that thump their Bibles, the damnation of self-righteousness. Lewis's quote, Many a man has overcome lesser sins by learning to think that they are beneath his dignity. The devil laughs. He is perfectly content to see you become virtuous, provided all the time he is setting you up. Setting you up for the dictatorship of pride, just as he would be quite content to see your common cold cured if he was allowed, in return, to give you cancer. For pride is spiritual cancer. It eats up the very possibility of true love, true contentment, and even common sense. C.S. Lewis. I'm going to go back over that one. That's the take-home, maybe. Many a man has overcome lesser sins by learning to think that they are beneath his dignity. Well, I don't do that. I don't steal. I don't cheat. I don't lie on my taxes, or at least I haven't recently. And I haven't hit my kids or beat my wife. I don't do that kind of stuff. That's not the kind of man I am. That's what Lewis is talking about here when he says that many a man has overcome the lesser sins by learning to think that they are beneath his dignity. But he says that the devil laughs at us when we have that attitude. Satan is perfectly content to see you become virtuous, provided all the time he's setting you up for the dictatorship of pride, just as he would be quite content to see Your common cold cured if he was allowed in return to give you cancer. Oh, yeah, I don't have a common cold, but all the while you have cancer of the heart, mind, and soul. I don't have the common cold of stealing or lying or cheating or adultery. I don't have, I don't do those things. But all the while, Satan is laughing as he's been permitted to give you the cancer of pride. Lewis says, for pride is a spiritual cancer. It eats up the very possibility of true love or contentment or even common sense. Pride leads to the disdain of others, said Lewis. The real black diabolical pride comes when you look down on others so much that you do not care what they think. The proud man says, All I have done has been done to satisfy my ideals because I'm that kind of a chap, says Lewis. If the mob like it, let them. They are nothing to me, close quote. This all sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? Just a bit familiar. Self-righteousness, the loss of common sense, sense that is common, False definitions, via Joe Biden, of courage, justice, and love. Looking down at others, those rubes, those deplorables, those people that lack gray matter, rather than upwards toward God. Maybe, just maybe, as our nation begins its month-long celebration of pride, our leaders would do well to stop their smug virtue signaling and instead consider what Lewis told us some 79 years ago. Maybe in the face of this most mortal of all sins, this complete anti-God state of mind, our president would do well to call upon our nation to confess its sin rather than wave a flag and celebrate it. Pride. We actually have an official month of celebrating one of the seven deadly sins, and we're doing it in complete rebellion to the basic moral code Of God. We're doing it by declaring ourselves to be as God, proudly stomping our feet and saying, I will decide what's good and what's evil. I will decide what's right and what's wrong. I will decide what's male and female, up and down, black and white. I will decide what's racist and not racist. I will decide who gets this money or that money. I will decide what science is and what science isn't. I am as God. There is no God. And we proudly strut forward toward the abyss called a hell of our own making, waving God's rainbow, which was supposed to be a promise of salvation. We have co-opted even one of God's signs that he gave us, a sign that reminded us of his judgment and his wrath toward the debauchery of man, where he had to cleanse the world of that and essentially start over We've taken that sign where God reminded us of his judgment, but yet promised us that he wouldn't do that again, at least not in that way. He wouldn't bring universal destruction via a flood again, but we are told that our sin will be judged because our sins are deadly. There are deadly sins, probably a lot more than seven But if you want to narrow it down to its core, to its root, maybe there's just one. And that one is pride. Pride. Think about that. Every time you turn on Facebook or look at Twitter or see all of these corporations that have changed their corporate logo to the color of the rainbow. Co-opting a sign from God to being a sign of man's rebellion, pride. So what does the Bible say about this? Maybe as I wrap up this show and tie a bow around this topic, I should go back to the Word of God rather than my words or even C.S. Lewis's. Well, Peter tells us, St. Peter, in his first epistle, tells us this, humble yourselves, then under God's mighty hand, so that he will lift you up in his own good time. Leave all your worries with him because he cares for you. So humble yourself. It doesn't say have pride. It says humble yourself. Here's another one. This one comes from Colossians, St. Paul's letter to the church of Colossia. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly love, clothe yourselves in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. There's that word again humility, to his letter to the church of Ephesus. Paul said this, be completely humble. Humble, there's the word again, bearing with one another in love. Now again, you have to define love properly. The love that the secular world, the rainbow colored love of our time, is the antithesis of biblical love. St. James said this in chapter 4 but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to who? The humble. And again, James says this, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Humble yourselves. Do you see the common theme here? The theme is humility. Humility. Peter says this again. In the same way, you are to submit Submit yourselves. Younger people are to submit themselves to the elderly. All of you, not just the younger folks, but everyone, should clothe yourselves in humility to one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. There we have it again, twice in one sentence, actually two, from St. Peter. Clothe yourselves in humility toward one another. God opposes the proud and shows favor to the humble. Second Chronicles tells us this, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves, will humble themselves, humble themselves, not show pride in themselves, but humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. That's the message I would hope our leaders would bring to our nation right now. It's the message that C.S. Lewis brought to Great Britain as it was suffering an existential threat, the real possibility of being taken over by Nazi Germany. C.S. Lewis challenged the British people to remember that the greatest of all sins is pride. He didn't call for a month of celebrating it. He called for all of his nation to confess it. We should be doing the same. And if you're not hearing it from your president, At least let your kids hear it from you. And pastors, please let your parishioners hear it from the pulpit. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. The only thing that will save us right now is truth, not our pride. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.